Thursday live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Not a bad player in the NFL. They're NFL players. Same with the coach. You can't say, well, he's a bad coach. Now, maybe they're not coaching well, or maybe the player's not playing well, but that's where I always say, lift under the hood. Never make excuse. Well, when I was a coach, I would never let one of my coaches say he's a bad player. I'd warn him. i say, say that again. You probably have to leave because that's just, you're making excuses. <laughs> that's Urban Meyer over the weekend. You know, he's part of Fox's coverage. Yep. What are you laughing about? Nothing. Make some good points. I think you're going to like this. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, somebody tweeted this out, so the audio, bear with us, okay? Uh, the audio was probably better. We couldn't find it on the actual broadcast, but somebody tweeted it, and I saw it, and I was like, you know what? That's a really interesting take, and it's a bit longer of a take than just that. So uh, you got to listen in. Take notes, Austin. Okay. And then I want to ask you, because here's what I'm going to get at with this story a little bit, all right? Because, you know, I feel like with the Jags, now we've become like investigative journalists. Mm. In sports, we cover things, right? We, we, we chronicle, uh, we tell stories. Once in a while, we'll do a feature on somebody. Yeah. Um, in, in our business. We don't usually have to do too much on the investigative side, especially from the local level. But, yeah, there are investigative stories, too, that happen in sports, certainly. I mean, look, Robinson Cano just got dinged again. for uh, He's going to yeah. miss the entire 21 season. How about that? Not Mets a good fans? look for him. Nope. So that stuff has happened. And so you do have this element. But the reason I say it in this uh, locally for the Jags, this isn't an investigation of what they've done wrong from a crooked kind of standpoint, mm. uh, anything like that. This is what they've done wrong. For the last 12 years to not get it right. Sure. We essentially went from, like, you know, doing, like, 60 Minutes, like, feel-good stories on 60 Minutes, and now we're, like, the New York Times, and we're knocking down doors, and we're bringing spotlights to to crevices that shouldn't have spotlights on, (laughs) and and we're shutting stuff down, Brent. Crevices. Crevices. That's a word. So part of my investigation here this (laughs) year, now that that the Sundays don't matter much anymore. um, Yeah, for sure. The investigation to me is how do you flip it? How do you make it right? Well, you could get lucky and get the quarterback, and that could be in play. That's an obvious one. I get that. But there's this culture part that you bring up a lot that we're seeing with a team that comes in here this week with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's like, how do you build that? See, the college guy intrigues me because he's a culture builder. That's what he does. Mm, Like A college guy goes to a place, and that's that's what Dabble Swinney did. That's what Dan Mullen now has done in the last few years. That's what Nick Saban did. That's what these guys, that's what Irv Meyer has done multiple times. So this isn't a, hey, go get the college guy. This isn't, hey, get Urban Meyer here. But it just, the culture part of this is, well, listen, it's easy if I wanted to go get a job at Baltimore or in Pittsburgh or even New England. Yeah. The winning culture is already there. Like, I, don't, I, I have to continue it. I have to keep the standard high. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a heck of a lot easier than going to a place like some of these guys, McDermott in Buffalo, Jay, John Gruden in, in Oakland, yeah. uh, Vrabel's doing now in Tennessee, maybe McVay's doing with the Rams. Hell of a lot of losing there, folks, for a long time. It's not just Jacksonville that's been that. But this is going to be the challenge of somebody that goes in and tries to fix the New York Jets. This is going to be the challenge in the NBA of somebody that goes in and tries to fix the New York Knicks. This is the challenge here in Jacksonville. 
How do you create that winning culture standard, all those things? And I can't imagine it's easier. It would have been done by now. And so Mm -hmm. this is kind of the moral of this part of the story. And Urban Meyer said something over the weekend, said a few things. And so listen up. And and I thought it was pretty interesting. Here he is. Not a bad player in the NFL. They're NFL players. Same with the coach. You can't say, well, he's a bad coach. Now, maybe they're not coaching well, or maybe the player's not playing well, but that's where I always say, lift under the hood. Never make excuse. When I was a coach, I would never let one of my coaches say he's a bad player. I warn them, I say, say that again, you probably have to leave because that's just, you're making excuses. Now, dig deep and find out why. Every time I've had a team struggle, every time, it's fallen one of three categories. Number one, there's some trust issue. The players don't trust the coach. The coach don't trust the players or awful when the players don't trust each other. Number two, really think about it, it's called a dysfunctional work environment, Reggie, and that's that, where the expectation is very high, but we don't work hard. I've been there before, Coach. It's in, and the coach has to be real clear with his team, say, wait a minute, that's going to lead to frustration, anger, disappointment, because we want to win a championship. i got news, guys, we're not working hard. So put stop with the yeah. expectations. If your your work ethic must exceed or equate your expectations, that's a good environment. And the last one is real obvious. You got a selfish team, man. You got problems on your team. Football is a unselfish sport. That means you have to do the nasty. That means I'm a running back. I got to go protect my quarterback. Yeah. That you don't always get to carry the ball. Sometimes you have to run down and kick off 22 miles an hour and throw yourself into someone coming 15 miles an hour the other way. That's not fun. Why would you do that? Because you love your team and your teammates. So when you hear LSU, Penn State, Wolverine struggling, stop with the bad players. I, I get sick of hearing that. It's not the players. I don't think it's coaches. But there's something wrong. Lift the hood, find out one of those three things is usually the reason. Ah, so there's Urban Meyer, right? And I loved it. I just thought it was really well done by him. And this is a guy who's been through it. And he's had a lot of success, and so he knows what success looks like. Yeah. He's also had some failures along the way. Uh, not not a lot of them, but he probably knows when it's not up to the standard, right? Even if you on the outside might not know, he knows, okay, this isn't up to the standard. He can sniff that out, even if he doesn't want to share it publicly. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting, and it just hit me as he's saying that, and, and this isn't my claim to say I'm some genius or not, but I do have this... Um, I say this a lot, and I say it to the kids a lot, and I say it to anybody who listens a lot. I think that there's three things that are really important, and that is you can outwork anybody. Uh, the other one is you can communicate. We talked about communication yesterday yep. on the show, and, and you can't get great at communicating. Everybody's bad at it. And I think the last one is details. Well, if you listen to kind of what Urban just said there, he mentioned the work, right? You have yeah. to be able to work up to the standard that, that you're trying to live up to the expectation. He mentioned communication, the trust, something's off. And and he mentioned the dirty work, which to me is the devil's in the details, right? That's the dirty work that you don't want to do. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of a, a three things that I say. I, I'm spinning it to kind of what he said a little bit. Yep. Um, and it's just interesting at, at that level in, in the – in the world of sports that it can kind of correlate to some degree depending on your interpretation and again you don't have to like urban meyer this isn't about urban meyer get him to jacksonville all that stuff i just think this is a guy that's been successful and knows what it looks like and knows how to do it and if you take those few things at the jaguars and relate it to the jags well how much do we talk about lack of communication uh, austin all yeah. the time over the last few years how much what we don't know is what the standard is you know, one thing that, that Tom Coughlin did a great job of when he came in here, he said, we want to win lunch. You knew what the standard was. We're going to win every day. There's grit on the wall. There's win on the wall. There's, there's the AFC South standings on the wall. They raised the standard to, to win now. 
Let's not wait and work to win. Let's win now. Let's win every day. And so he raised the standard, and then you've got to meet that standard all the time. And and then the dirty work part, who knows? I mean, I don't have a, a good feel for that in the Jags organization. Uh, here's what I think. I think they went up to Green Bay and did some of that dirty work. If you take one Sunday, because they played physical, it looked different, and they did some of that dirty work to try to compete and beat the Green Bay Packers, who are a much better football team. So... I think this does relate in some way, shape, or form to the Jacksonville Jaguars and how they can turn it around and create this culture that you do see in New England and Pittsburgh and Green Bay and other places that this is just instilled when you walk through the door. And how do you get a guy that's going to do that? And one more thing, Austin, who looks under the hood? And so it's Shad Khan that has to look under the hood, I would assume, this offseason and find the guy that will do those few things to set the new standard in Jacksonville. Yeah, so you asked the question, obviously, how can the Jaguars change it? How can they turn things around, build that culture up like you see in Pittsburgh and New England, and not only have that for a year, like of 2017, but have that for an extended period of time? And I like what Urban Meyer said. He made a lot of great points, and I wholeheartedly agree with all those points. I mean, there's a reason why that guy won so much, and he kind of echoed those things right there. I agree with him wholeheartedly. But with that being said, what he broke down, that is the, the blueprint of any great college team, and I agree with him there. But I also think that, because I, I was in those college locker rooms, I think that the culture in college and the culture in the NFL, it's night and day. It's two different things completely. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, there's still some, um, you know, there's some things in common, obviously. But when we're talking about college, like being a head coach, yes, you have to instill the traditions and the culture and all that stuff. But let's be honest. You're also kind of a babysitter, right? You got to yeah. tell your players, you got to go to class here. You got study hall here. You got to do things a certain way here. You got to act a certain way here. I have to talk to your teachers, yada, yada, yada. So it's a lot more than just really coaching football. It's, it's almost being like a chaperone. It's almost being a babysitter, right? Like I was a, I was literally a child back in 2006 when I went to Murray State, man. I had so much to learn about being a man and being an adult. I I was a toddler at that time, right? And then thankfully, um, I had some great coaches who instilled great values, and I learned and I grew not only as a football player, but also a man. So then when we fast forward to the NFL now, you're dealing with a bunch of guys who come from all walks of life, just kind of like in college, but now it's not so much a chaperoning. It's dealing with a bunch of grown-ass men, and that's different. So to answer your question, and this is kind of a long way around it, but to answer your question of how do you change a culture, to me it comes down to a few things. Number one, it's got to come down to you have to have the goal in mind, and that comes with communication once again. We've been echoing communication now, it seems like, for the past two years on the show. It should really be called ESPN 690 Communication, because that's all we ever talk about on the show. But, but communication but is trust, right? That falls into trust. that category. Exactly. But I'm saying if you're a head coach, you have to define what the goal is, what the identity is going to be, right? Like we, we talked about Mike Brable before. We talked about Mike Tomlin, obviously, uh, Bill Belichick, like Pete Carroll. They've defined what they're trying to do. Now, the only difference, because keep in mind, and listen, some of the best coaches I've ever played for, for instance, like an Andy Reid, Andy Reid was never hands-on his football teams. All right, he was never the guy that was going to chew you out. He was a fun-loving guy. Like, he made it fun to be around him. Like, you know, there's some coaches where you dread, like, oh, I had a bad game or I had a bad practice or, you know, we had a bad loss. Like, you don't want to be around that coach. 
Andy Reid never portrayed that. Like, you you always want to be around that guy because he was like everybody else, and you respected him for that. So this is what I'm trying to say. Whether you're kind of like that hard-ass coach like a Bill Belichick or you're more of a player's coach like a Pete Carroll and Andy Reid, it doesn't really matter. The point is you have to bring the guys in to echo what you're trying to do, right? Obviously, with Andy Reid, he's a very offensive-oriented type of guy. So who does Andy Reid always go after in the draft? A certain type of player, a speedy guy, um, a, a dynamic player like Travis Kelsey, a Patrick Mahomes, a Miko Hardman. But Andy Reid has his type of guy that he brings in that's going to fit his system. Just like Mike Tomlin has his kind of guy that he brings in that's going to fit their system. Now, whether that's in the draft, undrafted, uh, you know, an undrafted free agency, whether that's in, you know, a free agent signing, they have their type of guys that they bring in that fit that brand. Right now, Jacksonville, they do not have that. All right, Jacksonville, they don't have a brand of football where you can say, all right, let's see this free agent list. Oh, we have to go after him because this guy can play Jaguars football. When was the last time we had a conversation about let's go after a guy that can play Jaguars football? Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. Let's be honest no. here. Yeah. Hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. So that, to me, is what you have to do as an organization. And if you're Shad Khan and you're trying to check underneath that hood like you so eloquently put it, you got to find out who you are and then bring those guys in. They're going to echo who you are. And in doing so, it's going to trickle down. And that's how you build the culture. You know, the good thing here is I feel like they've got – because they started over, this might be one of the benefits of starting over. Like, they have guys that are supposedly these buy-in guys. Mm. Right? That, that's what they drafted. Sure. Good character, lunch pail guys overachieving maybe to a degree, going to work. They don't have the drama. And so when you're going to start over, to not have some drama is probably an important thing. It might be the positive of, you know, all the cleaning up the entire situation with Jan and, and Ramsey and everything else. And I, in the long term, I don't know if it's positive because those are great players most likely. Yeah, yeah. But you get my point. If you're going to start it over, at least you don't have to deal with, okay, how's Jalen feeling today? Mm-hmm. What's he going to come in and act like today? What's he going to ask for today? You don't have to do that. And so they've got at least some guys in there that they they feel like are core players to lay a foundation. So I think they're in a good place, but you're right about that. And I'm going to I'm going to liken it to the quarterback situation real quick. Mm. Because you got me thinking and and if you're if you're going to set an identity and you're going to get this buy-in, I'll give you three quarterbacks, two good examples and and one bad. Okay. Russell Wilson, who by the way not enough people knew about, so it's but whatever. The way it's worked out Russell Wilson. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Mhm. And Baker Mayfield. And we don't know if Baker Mayfield's the guy yet in Cleveland. He's doing some good, maybe not enough good, but whatever. For now, he's the guy. Sure. I don't think when you look at this next crop of quarterbacks, you can bring in the Baker Mayfield type to this situation. Because he, I don't think, I don't think that he's that guy that's going to be all bought in, help build the culture, everybody follows. Because the next guy you bring in at that QB position has to be the guy every... That becomes your identity, at least in the immediate. Sure. And and then, then you can shape your identity, but you shape it around that guy. I don't know if I want to shape an identity around Baker Mayfield, just being honest. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can shape my identity around Russell Wilson. I can shape my identity around Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, this has nothing to do with on-the-field stuff. This is off-the-field stuff. You know, I, I feel like... Baker Mayfield in front of a microphone, I'm not sure I trust him too much. Baker Mayfield wanted to do so many commercials more than 
Uh, yeah, he probably does want to go to work, and I know he works hard, but he still wants to do all those commercials. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that says, hey, let's make sure when I sign this record-breaking contract that we make sure we get all these guys signed because I don't want to play here unless those guys are here too. Yeah. You know, yep. I, I mean, again, this is – I don't know all these guys at all. I'm just saying from what we've seen, the, the bottom line is you have to get the right guy in that place. So uh, let's just hope, fingers crossed, if they are – going to get Justin Fields, he's the right guy to be able to lead this change, this culture change that everybody can follow because he is the culture. Him and the head coach that come in here are the new culture of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021 and probably for 2022 and three. And then everybody else has to kind of get in line with that. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I agree with you in terms of would you bring a Baker Mayfield in this, try to start a new, uh, build the foundation? Probably not. But at the same time, if Baker Mayfield had Patrick Mahomes' arm and his awareness and his playmaking ability, then I'm going to say absolutely you bring Baker Mayfield in. Because at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is what do they bring to you on the field? Now, I get it, all the commercials and things like that. That's extra. That's cannon fighter, and I understand that. But to be fair, Baker Mayfield on the field, he's been up and he's been down, right? So you're, you're a little leery to build a team around him. Um you know, Brett, like you mentioned, like the quarterback position, it's the most important part. And obviously, this year for the Jaguars, an up and coming draft, like, yeah, they're probably going to get uh, a decent guy at least, right? Whether that's Justin Fields, somehow Trevor Lawrence, or somebody in the latter. But yeah, they're going to get somebody um, to build the team around. To me, though, once again, it all comes down to the coach that you bring in, the coordinator that you bring in, it has to have the direct reflection of the player that you pick, okay? And once again, and I've said this before. I would rather have Trey Lance if the coach that the Jaguars bring in, offensive coordinator that they bring in, or I mean, who knows, maybe it's going to be Gruden and stuff, but whoever it is, they say, you know what, Trey Lance is our guy. Like, he does what we want to do. If that's the case, then so be it. Then go after Trey Lance. I'm not going to ask two questions about it, and we'll see what happens. No, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying that's what I want. I want a coordinator and a head coach to go after their guy, to slam their fists on the table and say, we need to bring this guy in here to turn things around, to build a foundation, and it's this spot. Because to me right now, like, for instance, like Jameis Winston, prime example. Jameis Winston could win anywhere that he wanted to. You know where he went to? He went to New Orleans on, what, $1.8 million of a deal because he wanted to sit behind Drew Brees and learn from Sean Payton. He could win anywhere, but he went to the Saints. You know why? Because he wanted to go to that kind of culture. Le'Veon Bell could have signed anywhere that he wanted to and been a starter more than likely in half the teams. But you know where he went? He went to the Kansas City Chiefs, who just drafted a first-round running back. But you know why he went there and took a pay cut? Because it's fun to play there. He could have went to the Ravens. He could have went to the Seahawks of all teams. But you know what? He went to the Chiefs because he likes Andy Reid, and he likes playing that kind of system. And that's what the Jaguars need to do. They, they need to have a system where it's fun to play in. When we were talking about free agents wanting to take a pay cut and come here. Because you know what? I can relate to the system. I can have fun in it. And we can, make, we can get some work done. And we can go places that we never imagined before yeah it's a good call you know and i get it and i don't really know how to like i feel like almost anybody right now could take trevor lawrence and justin fields and be successful with them but i understand what you're saying there might be one like if you take arthur smith and what he's done with Tannehill, yeah maybe that isn't the greatest fit for a guy like justin fields if you look at what uh the buffalo dabble uh is doing is uh not dabbo uh, guy up in Buffalo, what he's doing with Josh Allen, yeah, 
that so, one. You're about Sean McDermott? No, but oh. the offensive coordinator. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I got you. I think it's Dabble. Okay. The, the, yeah, I think. Oh, why am I messing it up? But yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I got you. But what he's, I feel like Josh Allen might fit the skill set of Justin Fields a little bit more. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm right in that. I'm just using it as an example. Like, that might be the difference. Like, if you're picking from some of these coordinators, which one will fit better with the other guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? You know? Um, so I get what you're saying there. How different, by the way, are Lawrence and Fields, do you think? Style-wise. Style-wise, yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I, I think they're pretty comparable, actually. Because Lawrence can run now. Yeah, well, and so can Fields, obviously, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're, listen, like... I think they're going to throw first and run second if they have to. Yeah, yeah. But, but they can definitely keep a defense on us. So I think they're pretty comparable. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, next time I throw BP to Ty, I'm, I'm hitting him a couple of times because he made <laughs> me watch uh, the Bills-Arizona game last night, the replay on NFL Network. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What would you think? It was terrible. Oh, uh, I bet, man. Hey, be sure to tune in Thursday night. Uh, check your local listings. We got Cardinals-Seahawks, the grudge match. <sighs> Go Russell Wilson. What do you mean? That's going to be a good game. You're excited for that? Hey, do we have like this misery game coming up? It's a great segue, actually. I think so. Kuz is going to play the that's, game. That's unforgivable you just said, but okay. It's next on ESPN 6 now. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This could I be just for me. did. Why oh, is WWE? That's, that's it. I mean, that's it? why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but. might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Bro, I fought depression in New York, bro. And I'm man enough. Really? I fought depression, bro. Wow. Oh, but there was so many. There's, there's been so many times to where I've, I've, I've came home after a loss, a tough loss, and just sat in my room, bro, in the dark. No phone, no TV, and pops will walk in and be like, "Hey, man, you all right?" I- That's Jamal Adams. Jeez, talking about uh, his time with the Jets. Twenty him to Jacksonville, go to the beach bars. He'd be, be all right. And uh, I, a lot of Seattle fans might be depressed after watching Jamal Adams try to tackle. Last Ouch. week. Ouch. Did you see that? I did. Business decision, huh? A little bit. Yeah. Supposed to be turning that whole defense around. You made a business decision. I that get was, it. That was odd. Yeah. I mean, that was, whoa. Yeah. Like, how does that work in the film room? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's never a good conversation. It's not, like, listen, there's nothing worse than when you make, quote, unquote, a business decision, and then it gets brought to light in the film room in front of all your peers. Like, that's uh it's a very uneasy feeling. Like, he's a star, right? Correct. But does he get called out? Not like some, like, rookie would. Um, yeah. I mean, that was bad. Like, I don't know. I just have, I, I mean, you can lose, I got to believe, like, the underbelly of that is you lose a little respect. Now, he's such a good player, I think, that he can make it back up. And oh, you forgive yeah, I mean, forget, listen, but. he's, he's going to be fine there. Like, they're, they're, they might have a little laugh about it. It probably won't be that serious. And then they're gonna move on. Like well, once again, like if you're a vet and you've earned that much, um, you know, you've earned your stripes, which he has. Yeah, but he hasn't with them. You know, I mean, he's he's it's his new team. He's been there for six weeks, and I don't know. I just feel like you know, I I just don't feel like a Ravens player is doing that. I don't feel like a Steelers player is doing that. And uh, maybe they are, and I'm we're just not seeing it. But that was bad. I thought that was really bad. Um, and that doesn't that's a bad defense to begin with. And maybe your one of your better players is 
faking tackling. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But at the same time, like, who in that defense is going to step up and say you can't do that? Because once yeah. again, defense is so garbage right now. It's like, well, yeah. It is I got to believe there's. I know Pete Carroll's a players' coach. It's probably a decent conversation, but I guarantee you there was a conversation this week. Sure, there was. I would hope so, at least. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brent Martin, Austin Lane. We'll play a little game, a little misery meter. Thanks for helping us get into it, Jamal Adams. Uh, Coos, what you got? You come up with this idea, and, and I'm eager to see. This is either, you know, this is what happens. We try a lot of things on the show. Some of them are epic fails. Some of them we think work, and we don't really care if anybody else thinks they work. Mm. Well, if this one's miserable, it kind of goes par with the name. So we are in a win-win situation. Well, let's just be, just be honest, man. I mean, Coos. Stole this. We probably yeah, stole, you it, stole this, probably, which, hey, which could be good. It's the same name. But it's also you your it. your idea, and so the expectation. Nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't act like we didn't steal this. It's the exact same name. I'm is not it the exact you, same name? Well, it's pretty close. Misery Meter is pretty much the same name as Misery Meter the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? That's misery the name index. of the show? Well, the that's the name of the show, yeah. Yeah. Oh. He, well, they have a Misery Meter in the show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Hey, all good things are stolen. Let's go. <laughs> I just want to get to the topics, man. That's all I want to do. All right, yeah. So the idea is I'm going to give you the pictures. I'm going to give you the well, topics. Like American Idol hasn't been stolen. I mean, they just named it something different. Come on. Good point. Right. So I'm going to give you the uh, the topic, and you're going to have to rank where on a scale of misery you think these topics would land. Okay, are they so one to five? Let's do one to ten. Let's one do. To Let's do Brent Martineau's fashion sense to my fashion sense. <laughs> and then, Kuz, hey, you're, you're in the middle. Hey, I, this is for you today. How do you like this? Hang on. i, I got to turn on the camera here. My bad. Sorry. Is that oh. a, a, a short sleeve hoodie? Oh, short dang. sleeve hoodie, man. Yeah, you got to look at shot. the camera Who's once in a while. The, I, like, I care. Um, <laughs> come on. Uh, what, what, what logo is that? That's cool. I like that. It's the old Creekside Knights, you know. Nice. So now, did I mean like, what, do your kids go there? Like, why do you have the Creekside? That's where they go. Yeah. Nice, man. That's, yeah. I'll be honest. Creekside. It's a nice looking hoodie. By the way, I'm They're thinking. In. How about Action Sports Shacks logo right here? Okay. Right. Where? Or ESPN six ninety or something. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the camera, but there's a like delay. Right, no, like right in the, his chest, like right okay. where the logo is. Yeah, I got you. I got the logo. Just so I take, uh, we'll take this logo off. We'll make a yeah. hoodie like this. Yep. It's kind of like this style makes me think of you. Well, no, for sure. But the question is, Brent, do you cut the sleeves off or not? Though, I mean, listen, I'm not mad. The T-shirt yeah, right there, that's not, cool. I mean, the, it's. You would cut it off a little bit more, right? You know, I'd cut it off, man, because I have to have that street tough look, like I'm rocking yeah, right I've now. Been, I've been Looking flexing like the whole tough. show. My arms like in pain. <laughs> And I've been sweating the whole show, rocking a vest <laughs> and a sweatshirt. Unheard uh, of for me. Uh, all right, go ahead, Coos. Come on. Before we run out of time, let's do this. Oh, okay, yeah, like yeah. we're fine. Okay, so the first topic will be from the standpoint of FSU fans or players seeing that Trevor Lawrence has been cleared to play. <laughs> uh, I'll go first here. Go ahead, Brent. I say on the misery meter, that's actually a four. And the reason I say is if you do go to the game in Tallahassee or if you're a Knowles fan, at least you'll get to see a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was – wait, so it's four uh, – it's out of five, right? No, out of ten. Ten, out of ten. Okay, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's probably like a two or three. Yeah, I'm going to go with the two because let's be honest. If you're a Florida State fan, you got nothing to cheer about. So you might as well say, you know what? I saw Trevor Lawrence play in a game, the first overall pick. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're actually pretty pumped on it. <laughs> I'm pumped right, on it. Okay. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Number two is having your comment, I can't watch basketball, go viral right before you might potentially be drafted number one in the NBA. Where on the misery meter is that? Who said that? <laughs> Anthony Edwards. 
He said, I can't watch basketball? Yeah, back in the day. It wasn't like he said it like last week. It was back in uh, high school, apparently when he played football, he said he can't watch basketball. Wow, how about that? A misery meter because you're going to have to deal with that question and and because um, everything gets thrown back in your face, whether you said it yesterday or 10 years ago now. I'm going to put that at about a seven and a half. I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I, to me, I need mean, the context of that. Like, you can't watch basketball because today's game is so soft. If that's the case, and I'm a GM, I want that kid on my team. So go ahead and give me a four yeah, on the misery meter. And here's the deal, Austin, though. Like, you Copy know, room. like, when he gets, <laughs> gets drafted, yeah. people will ask him about it. When, when he, like, three years from now, when he has like misses a shot at the buzzer, he's like, "Don't worry, you hate basketball. Watching basketball anyway, you won't have to watch that. Like it never leaves you." Yeah, I guess it's gonna follow him a little bit, right? But once again, like if you say, "Hey, I was referring to the guys that are flopping on the ground and things like that," they use it to your advantage. He's that gonna be, be a the number one thing. pick, and he might be the number one pick. He doesn't have to impress GMs anymore. It's a good point. Well, yeah, suppress the, the fan base, so. I, I just I don't know. I don't think it's that big a deal. It's gonna follow him around, but you can. There's always ways around that one. Trust All me. Right. As someone who's gotten in trouble a lot for what he said, there's always ways around things where you can make it sound a lot better. All right, Coos. All right, next one. Having your assistant coach go viral for having a party during his time with the Stanley Cup, where he was letting many people, quote unquote, drink from the Stanley Cup during a pandemic. Ah, screw it. It's a one. Two. Yeah, thank you, Brent. I go mean. Ahead. Thank you. Whatever. Come Listen, on. I feel for your pandemic yeah. people, but I just won the damn Stanley Cup, and I'm drinking out of it, and you can too. You better believe it. Thank you very much, Brent. Like, Listen, that's just tradition. I understand right now we're in a pandemic, yada, 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 all that stuff, but it's the Stanley Cup, okay? And listen, I've told this story before. My cousin was in Wapaka when the Wings won it, and they had the Stanley Cup there, and he wanted to drink out of it, and he got thrown out of the party because it was like a, an exclusive golf club event. And let's be honest, the lanes, we don't hang out at golf clubs. And he said, that's fine. I don't like anyways and he walked out of there so listen it's a cool event stanley cup best trophy in all sports it's a one goose okay the bears quarterback situation <laughs> that's it that's it uh-huh. that is it no i mean i wrote this yesterday because it was more on topic with Foles's injury so yeah no that's good no it's good it was very good uh, anyway i liked how you presented that too that was a good delivery <laughs> by you yep it really was impeccable uh, timing i would say their misery meter is Nine and a half. Yeah. I mean, listen, they can't get – they're I always liken it to this. If you can't throw for 150 yards in a game and you play offense in a box that's about 10 yards big, that is awful. That is disgusting. That's not the way the game should be played really for the last three decades, but especially this decade. I watched the Jaguars do it. It was gross. And right now Chicago is doing that. Yeah, I mean, listen, as someone who played Nick Foles in the over in their prize picks, like an absolute dunce, um, yeah, there's no way this is anything but a 10. I mean, you look at what Chicago gave up to get Mitch Trubisky in the first place. They bench Mitch Trubisky, who was undefeated at the time, I believe. They bring in Nick Foles, and the rest is history. Um, there is no silver lining going forward for this offense, especially the quarterback position. To me, it's a 10. All right, the next one, having to drink Pepsi's new flavor, apple pie soda. Uh, I, I, please don't record this show right now, because if we ever get a Pepsi endorsement <laughs> and I've got to drink it. Should we cancel it, the stream right now? Well, that's fine. <laughs> I'll do it. I can be bought. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just had a Diet Pepsi today because that was the option. But <laughs> quite frankly, if I could avoid Pepsi, I'd avoid it. And if you want to put apple pie in it, I'm definitely avoiding it. 
The misery meter on that is 11. Oh, you guys are, wow, really? 11? Yes. It's a little aggressive. Listen, I don't drink soda, so I'm not the wrong person to ask. I'm going to say it's a f- three because I've never had anything apple pie that wasn't good. So why wouldn't the soda be good? No, gosh, it can't be good. What do you mean it can't be good? It should well, be very I, sweet. Well, Brett, you think they're just going to release a soda that tastes horrible? No one's going to like it? Like, Pepsi knows what they're doing. All right? It's the choice of a new generation. Okay. Uh, the next that one. That was their slogan like 10 years ago. Yeah, no, like 20 I, years I, ago. Okay. The, uh, the next one. Having a player hate your team so much that they turn down over $50 million a year just to get out. Sad to be a Houston Rocket fan. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brent. Uh, so I'm playing the Houston role. Yeah, uh, as a fan or even, I guess, someone in that office. <laughs> or just as you. <laughs> I gotta be, here's the thing. Uh, I would say I'm at a seven with that. And because, to me, that's just as much on him as it in, is on us. If you're going to turn down that kind of money and you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. I mean, spoken like someone like in a relationship where it's like, it's not you, it's me. Like, listen, if I'm a Houston fan, this is a ten, by the way, straight ten. Tens all around. Because, listen, after all Houston did for James Harden, like I said, and maybe loyalty's out of the professional sports business, and maybe you're right, Brent. But at the end of the day, you changed your entire way of playing the game of basketball to suit James Harden. You offered him $50 million a year in hopes that he would stay, and he turned that down. So there's nothing that can buy this, man. Like, that shows you how bad it is right now. That he doesn't even want to take a pay bump to stay there. He would rather take a pay decrease and go someplace else. And if I'm a Rockets fan or if I'm part of that, you know, front office, I'm a very, very sad panda right now. So it's a ten. He also okay. would have set a record first uh, first NBA player to make over fifty mil in one year. Yeah, and once again, I, it's not about the money; it's what the money says. Yeah, I I I can't imagine. Gosh, that's amazing playing a paying a one player fifty million a year. Mm-hmm. It just seemed, um, but you can't in that in that league. You don't have fifty players. Yeah. And by the way, they're going to pay somewhere along the way. Patrick Mahomes something close to it. <laughs> yep. At some point. So, uh, hey, is the misery meter over? There's one last one that we have to get to. Oh, what you got? Point that picture up there. Let's go. Yep. I'm gonna put the picture on the stream in just a second. The question is getting absolutely roasted. Yes. On the internet for getting a haircut. And, and, oh, and listen, Herbert, and, and it's not even, yeah, just th- this haircut, where does this fall on the meter? Kuz, is the picture up yet? It is, yeah. So, so so I can see this cultural abomination that we're have about to Have you seen witness. it yet? I have seen it. Have you I, seen I, it? Yeah, I've, I've seen it. And the funniest thing, made by Tim, you know, made by Tim on Twitter? Sure. He put, um, he put Herbert in the cover of Stand By Me. <laughs> Like like photoshopped him in yeah. with with other kids and the, yeah okay I got like, you go back you you can like I, I said this when Tim did I was like oh that's that's brilliant yeah and then I also said how does like here's where our minds work differently my mind would never go there sure but it's a perfect thing you know oh, it's yeah I mean it's fantastic chef's kiss oh you're pointing right I can see it oh that's awesome I mean he fits right into that thing. <laughs> So so here's so here's my let me go ahead Brent I'll let you go first because no, I, no, I, I got mean, strong opinions about this. Well, one. listen, I mean I, I'm we we all try different styles. Looks <laughs> uh, just like Brent. Let's get these get Brent Barnos hairstyle. <laughs> no, he does not. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Virtually identical. Uh, I would say um, yeah, just a just a six. <laughs> <laughs> just a six? Are you kidding me? Listen. This is a this is a ten and then some. This is a, I mean, Kuz, what's the highest you can go? Ten. Ten, I 11. think. 
Got to go 11. Anthony Lynn. I mean, if, if this wasn't, you know, grounds to dismiss already, like, listen, first he had the whole thing with uh, whatchamacallit with the whole rib injury, and they punctured his lung. What's his name? I'm drawing a blank. The quarterback, Brent, the, the guy you can't stand, who's uh, an average quarterback. Tyrod Taylor. Thank you very much. Tyrod Taylor gets his lung punctured on Anthony Lynn's watch. And then for whatever reason, and I get it's COVID times, but you still can't bring in a barber to, like, properly give this guy a haircut. It looks like he went to, like, Fantastic Sam's and one sits still in the chair. Like, Brent, this is a grown man we're talking about here. Look at him. This is supposed to be the franchise leader of the team. Like, if I'm in the huddle with him and I know what this, what he looks like with that, without a helmet on, I'm asking off the Chargers. So, Anthony Lynn, we'll see you later. Cause, listen, you're you're on your last leg here. You're on the hot seat. After this haircut, you're gone. Justin Herbert, little self awareness. I'm not sure what, what your awareness is on Madden right now, but it just dropped 30 points because you look absolutely ridiculous. Like what? Where did he, where did he get that done? And then guess what? Like, what kind of barber did that to him and thought, oh yeah, let's sit him out in public looking like this? Because you know how that went down, right? Like you know Justin Herbert went to a barber shop. It wasn't a black barber shop. I tell you that right now because they wouldn't let, let him get away with that. So he so he went to a barber shop and you know someone in there's like, oh snap, it's Justin Herbert. What's up, man? And they're taking pictures or anything like that. And I guarantee when the haircut was done, the barber took a selfie with him and he's like, had to take care the king king emoji crown emoji crown emoji crown emoji and then and, and that whole thing nobody said one time hey what did you do to justin herbert's hair there are so many people that are responsible for this diabolical cultural disaster i can't believe look at him still, i can't even look at the picture <laughs> it's so insane man i'm hey, done you know it's crazy this might be the greatest question in the history of our show what's up what's worse on Anthony Lynn's watch, Herbert's haircut or Tyrod Taylor's punctured lung? <laughs> I mean, it's a horse apiece, Brent. You know, and at the end of the day, that guy still had, And listen, and, and I'm the last person to speak against Anthony Lynn. Remember when Hard Knocks came out and I spoke Anthony Lynn's praises saying, yeah, you know what, Sean McVay, I mean, he's kind of a loud dude. I get it, but I like Anthony Lynn, man. He's a player's coach. He talks to his guys the right way. I like Anthony Lynn. And now here I am, 11-18-2020 at 5.50, looking like an absolute fool because you let Tyrod Taylor's lung get punctured, and now Justin Herbert looks like a kid from Stand By Me. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man, what a way to end the show. Uh, we can't end until we do this. Who is going to be the number one pick in tonight's NBA draft? Is it Anthony Edwards? What's Goose, your guesses, guys? What you got? Yeah, honestly, it, it's between it Edwards. Ball? It's between Edwards or Ball. Uh, and and I kind of earlier before you were on the show, Brent, was saying it, it, it really just depends on the way the Timberwolves want to go. If they want their point guard to be a scoring point guard, which would then make uh, D'Angelo Russell a little pointless on the team, then you go <laughs> like with that. Edwards. If you go ball, then you kind of have a little bit more to play with where you can facilitate an offense through Cat and, and see where it goes. Hmm. Who's the better player? How about if we just did it that way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the problem this is, is real hard hitting at the draft coverage. Here. No, I'm just saying. Oh, I, mean, man. I hope you put this on Twitter for everybody here. <laughs> Who's going to be better? I mean, I don't care. Well, it I think, matters. I, I think, get it. But. I, I think there's more hype for Ball right now, but I think right off the rip, 
there's going to be more praise for Edwards because he's uh, able to score. So I think, at least in terms of people next year talking about which player will be better, it might be Edwards on the stat sheet. Has a dad ever made people in general dislike their kids more than Ball? I mean, like I have yeah. no idea about been, this this edition of Ball. Like he's been yeah, very quiet. Yeah, right? they've yeah. kind of been under the radar, so it's very unfair. But I'm just telling you that a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want that guy on my team because yeah. they know the dad. Well, listen, I mean, I had to deal with a lot of dads when I was playing peewee hockey up there in central Wisconsin. And then obviously when hockey games, you can drink beer. So there's a lot of dads out there uh, that aren't on you know, anybody's Christmas list, let's just say. But, I mean, in terms of consistency of annoyingness and just you know being everywhere, no one takes the cake like Ball does. So I think Ball is like in a league of his own. Yeah, uh, I've got one final thing. We'll see what happens at the NBA draft. Uh, any any other storylines you're keeping an eye on, Coos? Yeah, yep. the only other one is if the Warriors do trade that second pick because they're kind of in a spot where they may not need, um, you know, if it's Ball, Wiseman, you know, whoever. So yep. um, they may trade. I know the Knicks are trying to leverage some things to make it happen. I know they were talking about the Bulls potentially moving up, well, and I think the Hornets were interested too. And go so. ahead and break your own team's news real quick. Who's we yeah. had some 76ers Al Horford. News. Yeah, they traded like everything to get rid of Al Horford. I was kind of surprised at how time. much they had to tr- trade to get his salary off the yeah. books. I get it. Is is Oklahoma City Thunder just going to be the dumping ground for teams, players that nobody just wants? Just a misfit toys. Listen, man, I hope Al Horford's going to drive from Philly to Oklahoma City because there's no way he can stand a plane ride with those old hips and those old knees <laughs> with all that inflammation <laughs> going around. That guy had a horrible season last year. They should have never paid him that much money. Um Kuz, I liked your tweet, by the way, about the Knicks. You're right. I don't think it, they're like Jets fans, right? They won't be yeah. happy now. Well, the Knicks fans might not boo Trevor Lawrence next but year. Like, but like him, but. The, the Knicks fans booed Porzingis, and he ended up being good. I think they're just programmed to hate on the picks because they haven't had a good one in a very long yeah. time. Hey, uh, I was watching uh, Peyton Manning's like NFL 100. You know how he did that last year? And yeah. he was doing something with, um, uh, I think, Rich Carlos, and it was barefoot kicking. And it, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Nobody does that anymore. That's a good point. Remember, like, Tony Franklin used to do yeah. it. I think Mike Lansford did it as well. So okay, I asked Scobie. I was like, I'm like, i going to ask Scobie. Like, why doesn't anybody do it? And I figured he'd come back with something good. He just said, there's a reason shoes were invented. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. So it, it is crazy that people used to kick like that, but nobody really does it anymore. I once did a story on a barefoot uh, high school kicker. It was because the feel, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? I guess. I don't really even Give know why they break. Yeah. He did it in Denver in the snow. So did Tony Franklin in New England. It was it's crazy. Such, it's so insane. Hey, go check out our Athlete of the Week on ESPN690.com. Vote, vote, vote. You have until Friday. Live, local, loud coming up next. And we'll see you on TV tonight on Fox 30 and CBS 47. Have a good, have a good night, everybody. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 